When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on Election Day, the midterms, of course, did not go our way nationally. We are down now 51-49 in the Senate. We barely squeaked by to get the House. We lost a lot of the major gubernatorial races from Arizona to Pennsylvania to New York. You name it. It was not a great day. And a lot of Republicans blaming Donald Trump to this day for all those losses, including the most recent one in Georgia where Herschel Walker, a horrible candidate, lost to Warnock, an even worse candidate. But uh, here in New York on Election Day, we had a pretty big day, and I'm really proud of the four Republicans who flipped seats in Congress. Santos, he's been on the show a bunch already out on Long Island. Mark Molinaro, great job uh, by him. Also out on Long Island, Anthony D'Esposito, Peter King's guy, great kid. And Mike Lawler. Mike Lawler beat Sean Patrick Maloney. And of the four guys I mentioned, the opponents, I think I liked Sean Patrick Maloney the least. So I was really happy that Mike Lawler got the win. Here he is joining us right now, the king of Rockland County, Mike Lawler. Good morning, Michael. Uh, how are you doing, Sid? I'm doing great. I'm going to be in your neighborhood on Saturday. Uh, uh, I spoke to my friend Rocco yesterday. And Rocco's yep. brother-in-law, Joe, owns a restaurant in Pearl River, Joe and Joe's. And I'm doing a book signing for Citizens United in Pearl River coming up from 1 to 3 Saturday afternoon. Maybe you'll stop by. It's, uh, it's on my calendar, and I'm looking forward to stopping by and seeing you in person. And uh, Joe and Joe's, uh, actually, my wife and I uh, had our, uh, our wedding night there. What? We had a, had a, a family dinner. We had a small wedding. And, uh, Look at that. So uh, it's, uh, it's a good, uh, great restaurant in town and uh, has a, a personal meaning to us. So Wow. I didn't even. So you knew about this even before I brought it up just now, me being there on Saturday. And, of course, you've got history there. So you knew about that? I did. I got told about it about a week ago, so I put it on my calendar. I was You're planning on stopping in on you. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. You and your wife actually had your wedding dinner there. I hear great things about the place. Look forward to meeting you on Saturday. You know, I was going to play. I forgot to do it. My friend Tom Sullivan, a friend of mine, him and his brother Michael, for 42 years. And he's involved in this assembly race in Queens against this, this um, Stacy Pfeiffer Amato whose mother is like a county clerk, her father was a judge. I mean, you talk about nepotism, Mike. This has turned into one of the most embarrassing fixed races in the history of New York politics. And they're going to steal this from Tom, who won this by hundreds of votes back on Election Day. But they've been spending weeks cheating, literally cheating, to give Stacey the win. There's another guy in Brooklyn named Lester Chang who won outright, and they decided after he won he's not a Brooklyn resident. They're going to take that one away, too. I imagine you're familiar with both of these races. This is really politics, Mike, at its ugliness. You know, I, I, uh, I've been paying attention from afar on both. Um, obviously, you know, Tom uh, was up uh, by a, a decent number of votes. I know there were a bunch of uh, ballots 
that they were fighting over in court. Uh, I haven't looked up the specifics of, of each of those, obviously. But, you know, I think this is where people get very frustrated uh, with our election process. And certainly in the case of Lester Chang, uh, the fact the fact is that there was no challenges to his residency uh, during the petition process. There were no challenges to his residency in advance of uh, Election Day. And now, after Peter Abadi lost, uh, famously uh, the Peter Abadi who was taking down Lee Zeldin's signs in Brooklyn. That's right. Uh, you know, after he lost, now all of a sudden they're questioning Lester Chang's residency. The reality is that he resides uh, at his childhood home. He's taking care of his elderly mother who has dementia. Uh, and I just think it, it really... Uh, reeks of uh, total political uh, malfeasance at this point uh, for the Democrats to try and raise questions about his residency after the election, uh, when in fact uh, somebody like Alessandra Biagi uh, moved from her state Senate district uh, out of it into a different state Senate district to run for Congress in my congressional seat. She should be removed from the state Senate yep. immediately. Yep. She no longer resides in her current state Senate seat that she represents. But they wouldn't do that, of course, because she's a Democrat. Right. Different rules. And I think that's where people are just so fed up with, with you know, rules uh, for, for thee, but not for me. And, you know, Lester Chang worked hard. The voters in that district uh, and the growing Asian population in that district uh, voted for him, and they want him to represent them come January. Uh, he has ties to the district. He lives at his childhood home. I, I think it's really shameful. Mike Lawler, Rockland County, one of the four seats we flipped back on Election Day. Mike Lawler with me right now. The House Ethics Committee talking about taking AOC to task here, two different complaints I know her boyfriend emailed her on her government email, which is no good. But the big ones, the Met Gala tickets for free, wearing that ridiculous tech uh, dress, I should say, tax the rich. And they are uh, going after her for getting those Met Gala tickets for free. She basically said, bring it on. I don't care. This is going to go away very, very quickly. What are your thoughts on the House Ethics Committee going after AOC on that specifically? Well, again, you know, rules rules for thee, not for me. Uh, you know, Carolyn Maloney had uh, a very similar investigation ongoing, uh, and only because she lost her primary to Jerry Nadler uh, is the investigation basically dropped. But I I think it is a major problem. I mean, we just went through orientation uh, down in, in Washington, D.C., and they're pretty explicit in, in what you can and can't do when it comes to uh, accepting tickets to events. Uh, we saw in New York years ago, uh, the former governor, David Patterson, uh, you know, when it came to Yankee tickets. I mean, it, this is pretty black and white. And I, and I think uh, a lot of my colleagues sometimes play fast and, and loose with this stuff. But I, I think you've got to be very careful um, and – you know, at the end of the day, uh, if there's a question, you're, you're much better off paying for it, uh, <laughs> you know, either out of pocket or, or with, you know, your campaign funds. But, 
you know, this obviously is, uh, you know, a situation where she's going to have to have to deal with uh, an ethics investigation um, and kind of ironic to be wearing a tax the rich uh, dress uh, when you're going to an event for free. Um, and, you know, I just I think a lot of these folks uh, just think the rules don't apply. One of those folks, I think, is Letitia James. She didn't get Yankee tickets and McDowell tickets, but she lives in her own world. And I did watch her last night with Errol Lewis, two racists. I said it, Mike, you don't have to. Sitting there talking about this whole Me Too issue and her chief of staff who um, did some type of sexual harassment with some lady who was on the cover of today's New York Post. And she sat there with Errol Lewis and laid out day after day what the office was doing that led up eventually to Mr. Khan's resignation. She made it sound like this is at the forefront of her responsibilities. She did not for one second overlook this and treated this just like any one of Andrew Cuomo's um, people who complained. Uh, Yet this lady in the New York Post says, not true, Letitia James didn't care about me. Where do you think the truth lies? Uh, I I believe the woman. Uh, You know, Letitia James uh, is someone who has, uh, in my opinion, abused her authority as attorney general. Uh, And there was nobody more outspoken and more critical of Andrew Cuomo and the need for Andrew Cuomo to be investigated, uh, not just for the allegations of sexual harassment, but for the nursing home deaths and what he did uh, and what his administration did uh, at that time. But in part, that was because Andrew Cuomo set the standard. Andrew Cuomo is the same guy that called for Eric Schneiderman to resign uh, without an investigation. He called for Brett Kavanaugh to take a lie detector without an investigation. So Andrew Cuomo set a standard. And I felt it was important for an investigation to occur. Letitia James, when she ran in 2018 for attorney general, she ran on two things, specifically investigating an individual, uh, that of former President Donald Trump, and investigating the NRA. Now, whether you agree or disagree on either of those, I've never heard a, someone who's running to be the chief law enforcement officer explicitly say that they are going to investigate an individual or an entity before even walking in the door and looking at any evidence. Whether evidence exists or not, the, the issue to me is the ethics of that. And the fact that she, in this particular instance, decided that there would be no public comment, that she would not terminate her chief of staff before the election, that she would not have a public uh, investigation, speaks volumes to what she believes uh, her role is. And I think uh, she is someone who is extremely political. uh, And I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in government today. Political partisan hacks becoming prosecutors and attorney generals across the country. And they use that office to go after people that disagree with them, and they use it to protect themselves 
politically. Well, let me take it a and step further. How about partisan? How about partisan political hacks becoming governor? I mean, Kathy Hochul. She uh, all those things you just said apply to her. All of them. She beats Lee Zeldin. She's out there vetoing, you know, vetoing bills every day, and she couldn't care less. Now, my newfound friend, Mr. Mayor Eric Adams tries to convince me all the time that she cares about New York and she's going to do the right thing. And while I like Eric and I think he's on the way to doing the right thing, I'm never going to buy that. I think she is evil. She's corrupt. She doesn't care about anybody in this state. All she cares about is lining her pockets and Buffalo Bill victories on Sundays. That's it. Your thoughts on Kathy Hochul. Will she ever, ever be a decent governor? In my opinion, no. And and what I have been severely disappointed by, when she took over from Andrew Cuomo, she said she was going to turn the page and she was going to be a new type of governor. She was going to be open, honest, transparent, that she was going to bring back accountability to, to Albany. Uh, she has done anything but that. Uh, obviously, we had an election. The voters spoke. Uh, I think Lee Zeldin uh, ran a phenomenal campaign. He did a great job. He highlighted the two most important issues facing New Yorkers, uh, that of uh, crime and affordability. Um, She has done nothing on these issues, and she has not once, not once, reached out to Republicans uh, across the state, not once has sat down with Republican state legislators uh, to to discuss issues, how she can work with us to represent our constituents in our districts. Uh, and I think it's shameful. And I think it speaks volumes to the type of uh, person she is, frankly, and the type of governor she is. And it really, uh, it's unfortunate because there are a lot of challenges uh, facing us as a, a state and certainly down in New York City. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really wish the mayor... Uh, who got elected on the issue of crime. He got elected on the issue of cleaning up the crime in New York City. Uh, And he has talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. But he needs to really, uh, frankly, get a backbone and push back a lot harder than he is. It's one thing to talk about it, but these folks are refusing to do anything about it. They are refusing to change the laws. And talking about it is not enough. So my my suggestion to Eric Adams, frankly, uh, stop carrying her water and start pushing back a lot harder because people are dying in the streets and this needs to stop. I gave him the same recommendation. Uh, By the way, that's a great conversation, Mike. I look very much forward to meeting you for the first time at Joe and Joe's in Pearl River on Saturday. And uh, thank you so much for coming on this morning. And once again, congratulations on one of those four major victories on Election Day. So happy you won. I'll see you Saturday, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. Appreciate it. You got it. Mike Waller there in uh, Rockland County, one of those four seats we flipped. Again, George Santos, Long Island. Anthony D'Esposito, Long Island. Mark Molinaro. And my man, Mike. Mike. Hate to tell you, everything he said was right. All of it.